Praise the Lord. Got a good word for you this morning. We are on a series called Forward. Everyone forward. shout forward. forward. Say forward. forward. Come on, shout forward. forward. Say it one more time. Forward. 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 We're talking about forward. We're talking about moving forward. We're talking about this is going to be a year of good things. And we got to go forward. Moving forward in what God has for us. Amen? God's calling all of us forward. In one way or another, God's moving us forward. He's calling us forward. And I don't know what it looks like for you but I gave you some hints last week, and we're not going to do any review this no, week. Uh, we have just a lot of stuff we want to share with you this week. But um, go to our website, and you can listen to the message from last week and, um, and hear all of that, and you can get the hints. Does anybody like hints? Yeah. I like hints. And so I gave you last week three hints on what does forward look like? What does onward look like? What does God beckoning you look like? And so we shared all that with you. And this week we're going to uh, share some more with you. But if you have your Bibles, take your Bible and hold it up with me and say, my heart's open. My heart's open. Say, my mind is ready. My mind is ready. Make me better God. Make me better God. By your word. By your word. I receive it. I receive it. I believe it. And I won't be the same again. And I won't be the same In again. Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. And shout a big amen. 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 Very good. A couple scriptures. A couple scriptures here that we want to read to you. In Proverbs 17, verse 9, it says, The righteous keep moving forward. forward. Say forward again. Forward. The righteous keep moving forward. And those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. Love it. Is there anybody that would agree with me that God doesn't want me or you staying like we are right now? That's right. Right. Not stay the same. Come on. Come on. We can do better than that. Is there anybody here this morning that would say God has more in mind for me? Woo! God has more in mind for me. God has more in mind for you. God has more in mind for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The righteous keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Everyone shout forward. forward. Say forward. forward. One more time. Forward. forward. Somebody say stronger. Stronger. Another verse here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. This is out of the Message Bible, and I'm just going to read just a, a, a little portion of it. I was going to read the whole scripture, but I'm just going to read just a little portion of it here, and it says, God is beckoning us onward. God is beckoning us onward. Onward to Jesus. In other words, you guys, God is beckoning us forward to his plan. He's beckoning us forward to his purpose. He's beckoning us forward to what he has for us in our life. Amen. Love it. In our life. So, good. so last week we gave you some hints on what that might look like, and we also shared with you some suggestions on what forward 
could mean in your life. I shared with you uh, a few things. Now, this week, we got my beautiful half uh, with us, and she's going to share a few things with you, too. But um, we're going to share with you uh, four more things of what forward could mean and what forward could look like and what it might mean in your life. And then we're going to, it's broken down into two messages, or two, two parts, okay? What does forward, what could it mean or might it mean for your life? And then we're going to talk about goals that move us forward. Yeah. Goals that move us forward. And um, this is going to really help you. So are you ready? Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, start All right. with number one. Here we go. For some of you, moving forward might mean this. It might mean staying the course. Stay in the Sometimes course. moving forward can actually mean just staying faithful and consistent with where you are now. In mm-hmm. other words, continuing to do what you are doing because you know it's what you're called to do. Yeah. See, sometimes yeah. it's really easy to think that, oh, we got moving forward means we've got to make a change. But when actually, this is what the Bible is talking about in 1 Corinthians 15 when it says, be steadfast, yeah. be immovable that means keep at it stay the course because all your hard work is not in vain so he's talking about here stay the course yeah everybody say it with me stay the the course so sometimes you've got to make that decision because again sometimes in our mind we think well you know if i'm going to move forward i've got to make a change or i have to go in a different direction but i would say most often Moving forward actually means just keep on keeping on. Keep on, keep on that on. right road. Keep on where you're at. Keep on moving forward. Don't get cut tired. Don't quit. Don't get weary. Keep on doing the right thing. Now, it may mean there's some things you got to stir up. It may mean uh, freshening up that attitude. It may mean uh, getting more passionate in your worship. Right. You know, when we come every Sunday and worship, that can get to be mundane and routine if you let it. See, you are as much a part of the worship as you choose to be. Yeah. And maybe for some of you, you need to challenge yourself that, you know, I'm going to go to another level this year in worship. Instead of just standing there and listening and looking at the words, I'm going to start engaging. You will be amazed at what a difference it makes when you decide to just get engaged in the worship that's taking place. Feel those words. Feel it with passion. Show some expression. He's an expressive God to you. He shows his love expressively to you. We can do that a little bit back to him. That's good. Standing there like we're a pillar of salt. Amen? Show a little passion. So it might mean stirring some stuff up. Might means getting, it might just mean uh, renewed fervor in your prayer time or in your prayer life. But the first thing it could mean for many of us is just staying the course, being that commitment, that commitment to stay the course. Moving forward might mean just staying the course. Amen? Everyone say, stay the course. Stay the course. All right. Secondly, that could mean this. Forward could mean making a life decision to make God center. There you go. Make him center. Everyone say, make him center. Make him center. You guys, it is so easy to just talk about it. You know, talk is cheap. You've heard that. It's easy to talk about it. It's easy to talk the talk and not walk the walk. Right, right. What are you going to do? You know, I know a lot of people that can talk the talk. Right. Yeah. But their life doesn't, doesn't back up what no. they're talking. It's true. Oh boy. In many cases. Oh boy. They know the lingo. Yeah. 
Are they Christ followers? Yes. But is he really center? Is he really center? What about your obedience? It comes back to obedience. Is he really center? Is he really center? And is, he, is your obedience, you know, with that? You know, obedient with your time. Obedient with your finances. Obedient with your health. You know? Obedient with those private areas that are in your life. I'll say that one again. Obedient with those private areas that are in your life that nobody knows about. What about that? Those areas that nobody knows about, but you know what? God knows. That's the most important thing. It's he knows. Prioritize God. Prioritize him with your finances. Prioritize God with your time. Prioritize God with your gifts and talents and abilities. Prioritize God with your morning devotion. I mean, really make him center. You know, this new year, you know, we're, we're, we're not even a month into it. Not even a month into it. But this new year, maybe, maybe forward to you might mean that you don't just have God in your life, but you really, truly make him center of your life. Make him center. You know, we did a whole series on don't put God first, but make God center. There's a huge difference. And I don't want to get into all that, but it's, it's, it's a play with words, really. But so many people are like, um, got to make God first. You got to make God first. And, and, and yet there's so many other things that are in, in front of God, you know, so then they start thinking, you know, that, that you know, God comes before my wife and my family and my kids and my and yet if you think about it you spend most of your time at work, at work. Right. right and so you, you know it, it's it's just this deal of we don't make God first because he's not going to be uh, it, it's, it's a play with words again you got to make him center so here's, here's God. It's like, a, it's like a wheel. God's center and everything else in my life, my work, my marriage, my children, my hobbies, my exercise, my finances, everything in my life revolves around God. So I make him center. Make him center this year. Make him center. Can you say amen? Amen. Here's another amen. one. Moving forward for you might mean that you're going to stop living in defense mode and start charging forward. And That's here's really what I, good. Say that again. Stop living in defense mode and start charging forward. And here's what I mean by that. We all have that one area of our life that tends to be a little touchy or a little bit sensitive that someone may try and challenge you in and you get a little uptight yep. because you know what? The truth is it's easy to get defensive in that part of your life that you know you need to improve on. Come on, let's be real. 
Now, whatever it is for you, I mean, maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you're overly sensitive. Maybe you're insecure and you blow up whenever anyone tries to help you. Maybe you're unhealthy. Maybe you've got some unhealthy habits. Maybe you are overweight and you need to lose some weight and it's a tender uh, subject for you. But whatever it is for you, here's my challenge to you. Make that decision today that instead of living defensively or on the defense, you're going to rather apply that faith, apply your faith yeah. to that area of your life. And then you can move forward by burning the plow of excuses. All right. Come on. Remember how last Burn week we talked? Burn the plow of excuses. Remember how we talked about burning the plow? That's one of the plows that you might need to burn, the plow of excuses. Or maybe you need to burn the plow of past failures that have discouraged you and now you just feel like you're not going to be able to make it. Hmm. Maybe you need to burn that plow of uncertainty. But it's time for you to make that decision that you're going to get in the driver's seat and you're going to take the initiative to charge forward. In other words, you're going to take the initiative to change instead of having to leave it up to other people to try and give you little hints that you need to make some changes. So sometimes we need to stop allowing the defenses to rise up and instead let our faith rise up and let our faith kick in to kickstart some of the changes that we need really to make. Really good. Can I hear an amen? Really amen. good. There I love go. that. And then one more, one more, and then we're going to get into some goal things. One more. Some of you moving forward might mean taking a leap of faith. Take a leap of faith. Taking a leap of faith. Yep. Take that leap of faith. Time leap of faith. Everyone say leap of faith. Leap of faith. A leap of faith. Yeah. You know, I, I've had the opportunity to go to Africa, and it's awesome. And I've been on several safaris. And um, one thing that you find in Africa is the Africa Impala. I'm not talking about your car now. I'm talking about... That little animal looks like a deer. And um, what that little animal is known for and what that little animal, one of, its, one of the ways his defenses work, and it's uh, uh, amazing, is his leaping ability. And so an impala is a small animal. I mean, not that big. Small animal, but it can, it can literally jump 10 feet high. Wow. And it can go... 33 feet long. That's a lot. So an impala can go 10 feet high, 33 feet long. And uh, that's how it escapes many times from attacks and, right. and, and all of that. So I was thinking about that. And I was thinking like, you know, how do you keep an impala in a zoo? How do you keep it in a zoo? Have you ever seen an impala in a zoo? Yeah. You know, they don't have like a top over the cage. In fact, I've seen an impala in a zoo and it was in a, a, it had a wall that was three feet high. So what was keeping that thing from jumping over that three foot wall? Well, here's the deal. An impala will never jump if it can't see where it's going to land. An impala will never jump where it can't see yeah. where it's going to land. Yeah. We, we have that same problem, like don't we? Life. Us. Yeah. We won't take that leap of faith right. if we don't know where we're going right. to land. It's hard to do. If there aren't any guarantees, we don't want to take that leap of faith. 
if there aren't any guarantees, I don't really want to take those steps of obedience. We always want guarantees before we take steps of obedience. But that eliminates faith from the equation. Right. Are you hearing me, yes. church? Come on. Sometimes in our, in our life and moving forward in 2018 might mean taking a leap of faith. The Bible says real clearly, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Which means sometimes we need to take a leap of faith. Even if you don't know where you're going to land. You're just going to take a leap of faith. You know, we've taken many leaps of faith. Two, two leaps that I can think of right off the bat. Two really big leaps right. of faith that, that we took right off the bat in our life was in 1986, we took our very b- first big leap of faith. Um, Bob will know this. Bob, Bob Nelson was, was there. But when we, when we took our very first leap of faith, we, we, we burned the plow and we took the leap of faith and we went to a, a, a church in Apple Valley um, that was running 12 people um, our first Sunday and our, was running nine people our second Sunday. So we didn't grow right away. We shrunk right away. Um, but we, we took this church that um, people around me, my, my, my overseers literally told me, um, we don't want you to go there because this is a sinking ship. And um, there were no guarantees but it was something that yeah. we knew we had to take this, this leap of faith. We just knew it in our heart and knew it. In, we had no home. We did not have a home. A lot of churches back in 1986 had what they called a parsonage. This church didn't have a parsonage. So we had no home to live in. We had to find a place to live, an apartment. Um, we had no savings account. We had no sponsors. This is like going on to the mission field. And we had no sponsors. We had nobody say, we will support you for the next year or whatever. We were going literally to a fractured congregation. And when I say a fractured congregation, um, you know, when you've, had, when you've had like six or seven pastors over, over a course of, of seven or eight years, that really takes a toll on a church. And so we were going to a fractured congregation. It had severe financial trouble. Um, The bank loan was in default when when we first went to the church. They had thousands of dollars. They were literally thousands of dollars in debt. Um, The monthly income was less than the monthly mortgage payment. You guys, it was a leap of faith. It was a leap of faith, and, and yet um, we, we didn't know where we were going to land, but we had to take that leap. Yeah, we knew we were called. And um, then the second big leap of faith we took was when we launched out into the deep and we founded this ministry right, right here, Destiny, Destiny Christian Church. Yeah. Uh, there were no guarantees. Right. Uh, there was nothing to fall back on. Um, there was no safety nets in place. 
I, I basically, when I made that decision, I turned my license in to the denomination that I was a part of because that was, hey, I'm not going to um, serve this denomination any longer. And so I turned my license in. I had to find a, a, um, a different place to become ordained and, and went through that whole process. Um, we were three months into the, the destiny deal, and then we found this space right here. We found this, yeah. this space, and we only were at the, the pillars right there. There was a wall right there, and we had just this space and just those two doors right there, and then it went right out into the, the lobby area. And, and so, um, you know, and one, one thing that we had to do that a lot of people didn't know about is Pastor Vicki and I, we literally had to sign and guarantee the lease yeah, we were the because we were the guarantors because there wasn't a denomination. Right. I put my house on the line. I put my, my savings on the everything. line. I put everything on the line. If we did not make this work, I would have lost it all. You might think that was dumb, no, but listen, it's called leap of faith. Yes. It's called leap of faith. Yes. And so here I tell you, 32 years later, 32 years we've been in the Midwest in the great south metro area and 32 years later you know we might not be the biggest church in the area i think we're a good church in the area a great church in the area we're not the biggest but we're a good church we're a great church but we've got a lot of rich history this church has a lot of rich history and and this church also has an audacious future i said it has an audacious future and it all started with just taking a leap of faith can you say amen to that a leap of faith a leap of faith you know dr king dr king said this faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase Faith has taken the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Can somebody say amen? amen. All right. There you go. So we're going to shift gears here. And we're going to talk to you about goals that move you forward. We're going to talk to you about some goals that move you forward. How many of you here this morning, uh, you got some goals for 2018? You, you know, you got... You got some goals? I, I hope if you don't have any goals that you'll be challenged to set some goals. So um, some of you that have goals, maybe you'll be encouraged to add additional goals right. to what you got. Um, maybe you'll revise some of your goals after you hear what we say. Yeah. Um, and maybe some of you will just be inspired to stay the course and keep pressing toward oh, the goals amen. that you've got set for yeah. 2018. This is going to be really practical. Say practical, practical, and it's going to be really helpful. And, um, and before we get into these, these simple little thoughts, let me say we don't consider ourselves experts. We're not goal gurus. Um, we don't know everything. But, um, you know, I do have some things to share with you. After 30-plus years of leading, 30-plus years of ministry, 30-plus years of pastoring, 30 plus years and 56 years of life 
I can share some good things with right. you when it comes to some Amen. goals. Amen. Okay, so uh, here we go. Fasten your yeah. seatbelt. This is going to be really good. Very good. Here's the first one. Vision drives goals. That's a big one right there. Vision, Vision drives, drives goals. goals. Say it with me. Vision, Vision drives goals. goals. Say it again. Vision, Vision drives goals. See, you will not succeed in reaching your goals without first having a vision. It's really true. One of the things that I love about bringing in Terry Seville Foy, and one of the reasons I will bring her in again, is because she has this unstoppable, uncompromising commitment to teaching people how to make a vision board. Amen. And why is that so important? That's right. What's the big deal about a vision board? You know why that's so important? Because you really do need to see something before you can achieve it. Yeah. You've got to see it before you can achieve it. And when you can literally look and see that vision staring back at you, for those of you that have made your vision boards, whether it's see it. a, a vision of taking a family vacation or maybe you don't have a home yet, and so you get a picture of the home that you envision, you put it on that vision board, and you see it every day. And so what it does is it continually reminds you of what you are believing God yeah. for. Yeah. So it's like a revelation that you see every day. You know, Proverbs 29, 18, you've heard it many times. We've quoted it many times. Where there is no vision, the people perish. perish. Say it again. Where there's no, no vision, vision, the people, people perish. perish. But did you know that the New King James says it like this? Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Yeah, there you go. And I used to think, well, what does that mean, casting off restraint? Do you know what that means? People with no vision have no boundaries. People with no revelation, they have no guidelines for their life. People without vision will live unrestrained lives. In other words, they will eat too much or drink too much or party too much or sleep too much. Or let's maybe make it more real for church people. Gossip too much, complain too much, mm -hmm. sit still, sure. Come on. sit too sure. much. Come on. Sure. No restraint. Why? Because there's no vision. I'm sure if we were to interview the Teen Challenge guys that come here on Wednesday night, and I don't know this for a fact, but probably 80 to 100% of them would say, you know, one of the reasons I got caught up in unhealthy addictions was because I just didn't have a vision for my life. Yeah. See, when you don't have a vision for your life, it's like we sang today, no vision, then you become a victim. And that's why we can decide to declare I'm not a victim because I have a vision. Yeah. Vision drives, drives goals. goals. Vision drives goals. Where there's no vision, where there's no revelation on who God is and what he can do in your life, it slows you down. One more thing that I want to say about vision. Yeah, and this vision is really good. Is sometimes we get stuck in that season of life where we're not sure what we want to do. Yep. Like, let's say you're that young person just starting out life and you're like, you know, I'm not sure what I want to do, or maybe you're even the senior citizen just getting ready to retire, and you're like, you know, I'm not sure what's next. I'm not sure what I want to do. I want to encourage you today to shift that thinking and not focus so much on what you want to do, but on who you want to be. That is so important. It's a very subtle shift, but it's going to change everything. Change because everything. I believe many people actually lose sight 
of who they really are and who they want to be by focusing so much on what they want to do. They get so consumed with doing, 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 what should I do, what can I be doing, that they forget about who they are. Yeah. They forget about developing who they are. Yeah. So it starts, vision actually starts by having that clear picture of the person that God has created you to be and the person you want to be. It may start, we've all heard that saying, uh, God can't do through you until he's done it in you, right? So it starts with developing who we are. And it may start with something as simple as saying, you know, I want to be that confident woman of God. Or maybe I want to be that strong man of God, that leader in my home. And so it starts with becoming who you, God created you to be. And then from that, out of that, flows opportunities for you to do something more. Wow. Did you get that? Really good. <laughs> but it really starts with focusing on who you are. So vision drives goals. And here's one powerful truth I'm going to close with. And I don't know if I got this on your notes, so I asked him to put it on the big screen. Having that vision to be who God created you to be will propel you to complete what he's called you to do. That's awesome. Isn't that good? I'm going to say that yeah. again. Having, Having the vision, vision to be who God created you to be, is what's going to open the door and propel you to complete what he's called you to do. Wow. That's so good. And it's really, really true. When you become that person that you know you need to be, then it's going to open up doors for you to do more things. Amen? So vision is what drives your goals. Amen. Everyone say, that's really good. That's good. That's really good. Vision drives goals. The second thing you got to understand is that discipline supports our goals. Discipline supports our goals. Everyone say that with me. Discipline, discipline. supports our goals. Yeah. This is a powerful truth. It's on your notes. Discipline is the act of consistently embracing short-term pain for long-term gain. Wow. That's so true. That is really good. Discipline is the act of consistently embracing short-term pain for long-term gain. Yes. It's delayed gratification. Yep. Delayed gratification. Yep. It's saying no to what you want right now so that you can experience what you want later. Come on. Come on. It's saying no to what you want right now. Yep. See, some of you need to get this. Yes. Saying no to what you want right now so that you can experience what you want later. Later. Oh, get a hold of this. You can't have what you want to have only doing what you want to do. You can't have what you want to have only doing what you want to do. I don't think you heard me, or otherwise you did hear me, but we don't like and it. you're ticked off because you just don't like that. Don't like that but no, amen, you no, can't no. have what you want to have only doing what you want to do. 
I don't like it either. I don't like that. I, I wish that wasn't true. But it is the truth. Discipline supports goals. Some of you wonder why you don't reach your goals, achieve your goals, get to your goals, because you don't have any discipline in your life. It's what supports your goals. Proverbs 25, verse 28 says, A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. It's like a city with broken down walls. You know, you might have a goal to eliminate, and this is a big goal that a lot of people um, have in life, but you might have a goal to eliminate big credit card debt. But you're not ever going to achieve that goal by continually using the credit card. Amen? See, you got to understand, you got to get a hold of that. It's delayed gratification. It's saying no to what you want now so you can experience what you want later. I know right now some of you are in your 20s and you're in your, your 30s and, and you're, 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 you're not thinking about what happens when you're 60, 70. You're not thinking about retirement. But you should be. You should be. It's called delayed gratification. Some of you have a goal to please God. It's a great goal to have. But it's not always going to feel like you want to go to church. But when you go to church, that pleases God. But you're not always going to feel like going to church. Very true. Can you say amen to that? It's true. I mean, that's a big news flash for some of you. <laughs> you know, but you want to please God. You know, you're not always going to feel like reading your Bible. You're not always going to feel like praying. You're not always going to feel like serving your church. Right. You're not always going to feel like it. In fact, you know, the Bible has a lot, we're, we're taught in the Word a lot of great things, and there's reasons why we should do them, but you're not always going to feel like doing them. You're not always going to feel like giving, but you know, when you give, it comes back to bless you. But you're not always going to feel like, like giving. Some of you you know, might be new to tithing. And I can promise you that there will be times you're not going to want to tithe. But you know what the Word says. You know, and you want to be obedient to God. But there's going to be some times you're going to want to take your tithe and spend it somewhere else. Right? You're going to want to do that. You're going to be tempted to to do something different with it. But discipline supports goals. Discipline supports goals. You got to get discipline. So number one, vision drives our goals. Number two, discipline supports our goals. And number three, we're almost done. Get a hold of this. This is good. This is our last one. This will help you. Motivation is what fuels 
your goals. That's really good. Motivation is what's going to fuel your goal. In other words, sometimes we have a goal, we're heading there and we're heading there, and all of a sudden, somewhere along the way, we've lost motivation. motivation. Yeah. And I can tell you for all of us walking this journey that we call life, for all of us pursuing the goals of our life, there is going to come a time, I'm just going to be honest with you, there is going to come that time when, when you're walking along, pursuing your goals, you know what you should be doing, you know where you should be going, you really know who you are and what you're called to do, but all of a sudden you find yourself discouraged. You just get discouraged. It's Has anybody like you, ever been there? Come on, we can all relate. It's like okay. suddenly you, you hit that wall, and it's not about not knowing what you should be doing. You know what you should be doing. You know who you're called to be. And you're even confident in that, but you find yourself discouraged. Yeah. Or maybe you've become distracted. Yeah, discouraged. Discouragement and distraction are double trouble to your vision. They are like the demotivating duo. They are not the dynamic duo. They are the demotivating duo. Yeah. They are two things that will demotivate you yeah. faster than, than anything else. When you think about the nation of Israel and how they left Egypt and they were pursuing the promised land, you know, it was the giants that got them discouraged. It was the trials and the challenges that got them distracted. And they ended up going in circles and wandering in the wilderness for years. See, losing motivation will cause you to lose ground. It'll cause you to feel like you're going in circles. It'll cause you to actually wander around in the wilderness for longer than you need to. Yeah. Do you realize that Bible historians actually teach that, that they could have gotten there a lot faster than they did? Yeah, they could have the got there land? in 11 days. Yeah, I think that's what historians showed. 11 it. days. I read that and I thought, that doesn't even sound like it's true, so I'm not even going to say that, but no, it I, probably I, is, if that's what the historians say. But can you imagine wandering in the desert for 40 years when you could have got there in 11 days? That's ridiculous. But the point is, if yeah. you get distracted and you get discouraged, it can literally keep you wandering in that area of wilderness. So remember that motivation fuels your goals. That's why it's really extremely important. And here's a challenge for you today. Find out what it is that motivates you. Yeah. What is it that keeps you motivated to pursue your, your goals? Because for everyone, it's going to be something different. Yeah. And so let me get, can I give you just a couple of mine? Yeah. Let me give you, you just hear. a couple. Number one, one thing that motivates me, I find that has motivated me is revisiting my vision. Mm -hmm. I have to revisit my vision. I have to go back and see my vision again. And so what that means, um, sometimes I love, I love road trips. Does anyone else in here love road trips? Now, I love road trips by myself, actually, um, because when I'm on a road trip, I'm just on, on the road, and it, it, it really helps me just, just do a lot of thinking, and it just is a lot of me time where I'm, I'm thinking and I'm revisiting my dreams, my goals, my visions, and all of that. The second thing that helps me is, and I don't do these things simultaneously, but I close my eyes. <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes I can't take a road trip, and so I'll sit in my chair and I'll just close my eyes. <laughs> and I'll revisit my vision. Revisit my vision. And um, it, it, it really motivates me when I take the time to do that. Another thing that motivates me is scriptures. 
scriptures really do motivate me. Um, in Philippians chapter 4, when it says, I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That motivates me. It, it really does. And sometimes I'll get it on my mirror, I'll put it on my refrigerator, and I want to see it, I want to say it, I want to speak it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can you say amen to that? Another one that, that helps me and motivates me is um, just examples in my life, mentors in my life, people in my life who, who I can see their example and I want to live the same example that they're showing me. I've got, I've got mentors in my life that have been uh, great mentors when it comes to marriage relationship and family relationship. I've got other mentors in my life when it comes to leadership. I've got other mentors in my life when it comes to my pastoral calling. And so different mentors will motivate me in different areas. And then uh, another thing that motivates me and really helps me is I get motivated through music. Does anyone else get motivated through music? Um, now, I don't get motivated through sad music or whiny music or, or sorry music. Um, I get motivated through a strong beat. Everyone say strong beat. Strong beat. I, I like a strong beat. And when I have a strong beat, it motivates me. And so I, I get motivated by a strong beat. I, I don't really care much about lyrics. I don't really even hear the lyrics most of the time. I don't, I don't hear them. Really. And so I'll find this song. It's got a strong beat. It's like a great, strong beat. And she'll be listening to it and she'll go, Hun, that's a terrible song. Do you know what they're saying? And I'm like, no, I don't know what they're saying. But it has a strong beat. Strong beat. Everyone say strong beat. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I like a strong beat. And so it's not always just strong lyrics. But um, I, look for, uh, I look for a strong beat, and it motivates me. And, and, and one last thing that motivates me is um, some of you motivate me. Because I think about some of you. And I think about where you were, and I think about where you are. I, I think about where you were when I met you, and I think about where you are today and, and, and the progress. And that motivates me. Like, man, it, it really is yeah. making a difference. It really, it really is. You know, I, don't, I, I think the number was, somebody said, and this could be really discouraging to a, a public speaker or a pastor, but the average person only remembers like 17% of what we're telling you right now. You're going to walk away and... and only 17% is what you're going to really remember after you leave. So that's why you can come back on a Wednesday night, hear the message all over again, because now that 17 might grow to 34. So then you come back on Sunday, and we re-preach it again, and you maybe hear it three times in a row, and maybe it just keeps increasing. We won't do that, so don't get worried. 
don't get worried. But um, some of you motivate me. You really do. You motivate me, and it's um, your your life and your attitude and yes. your your spirit your and your yeah. your your encouragement. It motivates me. So vision drives goals. Discipline supports goals. Motivation fuels goals. Goals. You got that? Yes. Say, I got that. I got that. All right. Fasten your seatbelt because we're going to just go through these really fast. It's going to be like fast and furious because we want to get this in. And, um, and we're going to give you five keys to having great goals. Five keys to having great goals. Are you ready for this? Fast and furious. Number one, identify your goals. You gotta identify your goals. There's no chance of you ever hitting your target if you don't know what your target is. There's no chance of you hitting your target if you have no idea what your target is. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. There's another one, number two, write it down. Write it down. You remember better when you write it down. Your brain retains more information that's been written down and you will be more committed to your goals when you write them down. Everyone say, write it down. Write it down. Number three, be specific. Be specific. You know, it's really easy to, you know, just generalize. It's really easy to just generalize and say, you know, in 2018, I just want to be healthy. Well, be more specific. What does that mean? What does that look like? Be more specific than just general. All right. Here's another one. Think short term. It's okay to have long term vision or long term goals, but you need to think short term. And here's why. The longer it takes for you to reach a goal, the higher chances are of you not making it. So instead of thinking long term, ask yourself, what can I do today? Think short term. What can I do this week? What can I do right now? where I am that's actually going to help me reach my goal for tomorrow. What can I do today that's going to take me one step closer to where I want to be for tomorrow? So take your vision, even if it's long term, and break it down into short-term goals. Amen. And then number five, seek accountability. That's really important. Ouch. 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 People don't like accountability. A lot of people don't want anybody to know what they're doing. They don't want to be held accountable. But that is the biggest reason why a lot of people don't achieve their goals is because there's no accountability. It's true. So seek accountability. And let me just, let me just encourage you in the, in the um, realm of seeking accountability. Yeah. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't just choose people to hold you accountable that are going to be really easy on you. Number one, don't choose people that are going to just be easy on you. And say, oh, that a girl, that a girl, that a girl, that a boy, that a boy, that a boy. And just give you a lot of that a boys and you really don't deserve any of that a boys. And then number two, um, whoever you have hold you accountable, let me encourage you, 
It should be somebody different than a family member. Don't put that on your husband and don't put that on your wife to hold you accountable. It doesn't work. Now, I can, I can use this as an example because Pastor Vicki is not, like, heavy and overweight. But let's say she was heavy and overweight and she was like, honey, you really need to hold me accountable. No, no, no. And then I'm like, so then I'm like, okay, I'll hold you accountable. <laughs> and so I'm like, hey, you need to watch what you eat because you're, you're heavy and you're overweight. <laughs> and you need to, that's not going to go over real good. And I think I'll be in marriage counseling. Um, by holding her accountable. And so, church, it doesn't work so well when spouses are your accountability. That is why trainers and coaches, a life coach or a trainer, ah, she just said, or a pastor, that, that can work, but, you know, um, even if the, even when your pastor challenges you in areas that you don't really want to be challenged in, um, you'll go find a new pastor. Right. Now you're offended. <laughs> you know? Um, hey, I, 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 I don't know that I want to, I don't know that I want to be your coach and your pastor. For some of you, I've done it. It's, it's worked well, and I, I I mean, there, there's, I, I've been your pastor for years, and we've had, and I will tell you, yeah. I will tell you, I mean, um, right. that's the only way I can be is just real, real and straightforward and, and, and just call it what it is. But some people don't like that. Yeah. Some people don't like that. So f seek accountability. Okay? This is good stuff. I mean, even with me, or us sharing this, I, um, you know, I, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm going through some, some stuff in my life where I, I'm, like, setting some goals in my life. Uh, I'm setting some ministry goals and some life goals. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out a few um, things when it comes to ministry goals and when it comes to life goals. So it's not like you have it all figured out. But you work through it. You work through it. So here I am giving you some great information that I'm actually applying right now in my own life. And um, uh, someday I'll probably tr be transparent and share what it is that I'm going through right now in this journey, but um, but I can't today because there's just too many unanswered questions. But um, I'm in this journey too, where what what does my ministry future plan exactly look like moving forward? And so it's it's good. It's a good place to be. Just gotta. Just got to plug in and figure it out. Can you say amen to that? Bow your heads with me this morning. Bow your heads with me this morning. Number one, I, want, I got two things I want to do. Number one, if you're here today and, and, you know, we challenged you in this message this morning, at least I brought the challenge of, 
you know, making God center in 2018. Really make him center. Put him center in your life. Not just, you know, in your life, but really put him the center of your life. It's a hard step to take sometimes. And you might be able to do it for a while and then you then you can't follow through with it somewhere down the road, but then you can get back on track again. I think there's some people here this morning that need to get back on track by making him center. Making him the priority. Putting him center in your life. Some of you have never invited him into your life to begin with, and it's a great step to take. But some, many of you, I'm talking to many and most of you this morning that might need to take that step and make them center. So if you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I, I want to ask him into my heart and it's the first time commitment for me. Or maybe you're here and you'd say, I, I'm going to make a renewed commitment to Christ. Here we are in 2018. I'm making a renewed commitment to make him the center of my life. If you are making either one of those decisions, I want you to lift your head and look at me at the, at the count of three. I'm going to count to three. Lift your head and look at me. First time commitment or renewed commitment to make them center. One, two, three. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Very good. Awesome. Several heads. Several people lifting their head this morning. That's beautiful. I want everyone here this morning to pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior, be my healer, be my deliverer from this day forward. I am making you the center of my life in 2018 and beyond. I love you, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for rising again. And thank you for living in me. Amen. 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 That's beautiful. One more thing. If you're here this morning and you've got, maybe you've got some distractions in your life. Maybe you've got some discouragement going on in your life. And it's, it's, it's blocking or stopping your dream and vision for your life. I'm going to pray for you. Right there at your seat. Right there at your seat. If you've got any discouragement or disappointment, or maybe you just, neither one of those are, are there, but you just have some major distractions going on in your life. Or if you need healing this morning, physical healing, emotional healing, uh, or maybe you need guidance in your life this morning. If you need God to do anything big in your life today, and you need God to touch you in a supernatural way, where two or more agree together, let it be done for them. I want you just to stand up right there at your seat. I'm not going to have you come forward, but just stand up right there. Just stand up right at your seat. If you're dealing with anything right now where you could use a supernatural touch 
from God in your life, just stand up right now. Just stand up. All right. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. If you need a, a healing touch this morning, stand up. If you've been battling any kind of virus, you know, that flu virus, any of that, now's the time to get, get that prayer of faith over your life. Stand up if you need that healing touch. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Now, church, look around. If you see anybody with that's standing up that, that you want to make your way to, if you want to uh, reach out towards, if you want to stretch your hand out to them, if you want to put your hand on their shoulder, if you want to ask God to do a supernatural touch in their life this morning, just just even, even feel free to get out of your seat and make your way to somebody because there's nothing like a, a touch on somebody's life, okay? Lord, I lift up every single one of these individuals to you right now. I thank you, Lord, for a supernatural touch. I thank you, Lord, for ministering to every single one of these individuals. Lord, there's dreams, there's visions, there's goals in their heart. And I thank you, Lord, that, that they will not be stifled. I thank you, Lord, that discouragement will not be the end. I thank you, Lord, that they will not be distracted by what you got for every one of them. I thank you, Lord, for a healing touch upon every one of their lives. Lord, from the top of their head to the soles of your feet, I thank you, Lord, that they are being healed in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Vision is being restored. Dreams are being restored. I thank you, Lord, that you're a mountain-moving God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord, for healing relationships. Thank you, Lord, for healing marriages. Thank you, Lord, for healing hurt feelings. Thank you, Lord, for healing our children. I thank you, Father. Lord, we cast it all on you. Your word says, cast all of our cares. We cast all of our cares on you because you care about every one of us. We leave it at your feet. We give you thanks. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a great big praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you, Lord. God bless you.